Today is Eureka Chambers talking about school, the the, the struggle. Absolutely. So, um, going by Revolutionary Eureka these days, um, and working on my doctorate. So, um, have about thirty years of youth development and education experience of working with young people in the Bay Area. I'm very committed to community, the Black community and changing outcomes for our people and making sure that they are um, successful and not just successful successful at in life, but successful at understanding what their purpose is in life mm. and walking in that. It'll take a lot of work, but I'm I was just about to, to say, yeah. how do you, because I, I, I wanted to tell my nephew, I was like, because worry about the gift that you have and then, then, then we'll work that gift. And... He was like, I don't have a gift. I was like, you got to have a gift. You, you got to have a gift. So everybody has a gift. It, you may not discover it. Say that. You know, mm-hmm. say that. But mm-hmm. don't don't say you, you don't have it. So how do you, what's the first step of people recognizing their gift or purpose? I or think purpose? sometimes one is educating. And there's a quote by Benjamin E. Mays that one of my mentors used to use. Um, Every man and woman was born into the world to do something unique or different. And Mm. if they don't do it, it doesn't get done. That right there is your purpose or gift. Jesus. Um, And so for me, it's one, just starting to, you know, introduce them to some of those people that are no longer here, but that had all these ideas. When you think about Benjamin E. Mays, the dream that King talked about came from the mentoring that Mays had on King during his time at Morehouse. Benjamin E. Mays. Yeah. Look it up, y'all. And so... You, you even think about King that day when he did um, his famous speech, I Have a Dream. That was off the cuff. He didn't write that. It was another speech they had writ for him, they had wrote for him. Really? Mahalia Jackson had sung, um, I've been buked and I've been scorned. So the crowd had a lull over it. And so he was, she, he was trying to get the crowd into it, but she had put that lull Damn. over it. So then she became the first hype man, in my, in my opinion. She was like, tell him about the dream, Martin. Tell him about the dream. So then he goes into that speech. Wow. So I didn't that know that. So like that off the cuff. Yeah, a lot of people don't. So I think taking the time to sit and, you know, have those conversations with people and sharing that information that you get. A lot of people want to be the keepers of information. But we got to share what we receive. You have to share. Absolutely. And so I think it starts with that. Man, that that just I, I now I got like so many questions. What we were trying to do was we was trying to put together stuff. You on a totally different <laughs> level than what we are. I I I can talk it and I know what needs to be done is a big picture, but I have no plans on implementing. I have plans on things to do, but that's why you know I try to stay tuned to what you are doing, Revolutionary Rika. Uh, well, tell them about the. Your, your 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 master program. My doctorate? Yeah, your doctorate. I'm no, sorry. The no, doctorate. no worries. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a educational leadership for social justice. And so um, really looking to change education out, educational outcomes for not for all students, but it's in my, for myself and my dissertation for black students. Yeah. Um, that's my experience. And so 
um, when I look back at my own experience in education, it was the village that I had. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that the schools prepared me to go to college and that I had all, that I had all this access, but it was the village that my parents created around me wow. so that when they weren't there, it was all these other adults and you know, people that were considered aunties and uncles that poured into Still me. Still influence, yeah. Exactly, and helped to build, you know, to help me build, you know, develop self-esteem and all of these kind of identity um, formation things that we want young people to learn about. Because if I didn't know who I was, then how could I tell you what to do? And how do I even know how to navigate? Yeah. And so I think just starting early with, one, having a family, a family that was heavily rooted in family and love and sharing that history and knowing that early. Wow. And then learning about black history early on. My dad taught me that in elementary. And so I mm -hmm. think having that in that village, those coaches, those te those black teachers that you came across occasionally mm -hmm. that saw something in you and really wanted to give yeah. you leadership opportunities. Yeah. The old adage is, you know, everybody wants to be a chief, but nobody wants to be an Indian. I know it's <laughs> what you call. So is everybody a leader? In their own right, absolutely. But you have to know when to lead and when to follow. And that's even for our major leaders. Sometimes we gotta fall back. I know when to fall back. I know I'm not gonna follow I'm not gonna follow the crowd. I gotta make sense of what's going on and I have that, that skill of discernment. Yeah. And from then I know when to lead and when to step up. You yeah. know, when to step up and when to step back. Um, but I think that's a learned skill too. That is definitely a learned skill, because mm -hmm. some people think, you know mothers and you know some fathers you think you own all the time you always the mama you always the daddy so you telling everybody what to do sometimes you have to listen to what this person is saying and be like oh you know what you're talking about let me let me let me just step back so that's what we that's what I want to do I would like to build leaders in the community but I don't think I want to be one you know how when people show me a problem I'll fix it if it's manual if it's thought provided I'll do it I, I just want to be a, a part of whatever's going on. But sometimes you're going to have to learn, like you said, to be a leader. You're just going to have to get up and do it because it's, other people are not going to do it. So are, is there an organization you belong to or are you starting an organization to, to, to do the I remember you had the Mo Magic mm -hmm. um, for a bit. And is there an organization that you belong to that y'all looking for members or so I'm you know for I'm currently um, I just started um, working with black female project mm. they did an interview on me a couple years ago and so I've been connected to some of their projects um, but in the last month or so we've been in talks and so really um, gonna partner to work on a project a six-month project together around black women in leadership okay and um, engaging people who are in the field that may have black women as leaders or that may be working with young black girls on how to navigate and communicate with African-American okay. women in leadership. And so they're doing a lot more about just highlighting the voices of African-American women in leadership. That's good. And I'm gonna tell you, it's a, it's a struggle. You get beat up, it's I that double, it. right? I believe it. One, you coming in, you black, and then you're a woman. Mm. And so you gotta work three times as hard. And in that process, sometimes you tear yourself down physically and mentally. And you get to a point where you're in the trenches for 10 solid years, you gotta step away. Because if not, you're no longer good to anyone else. You can do the job with your eyes closed, but are you being effective? Are you making growing? a difference? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think um, Man. connecting with black organizations that are doing work that where the impact is what I like. I'm, I'm about action. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel like we've had enough conversations. We've met with enough people. There's enough times that we've been surveyed as a community. We know what our needs are. Why are we continuing to invite? Why are they? Why are they continuing to invite people to the table to say again? Here are the needs of the black community. We've been doing that since slavery. I understand that. So now it's time for action. And I think unless we have, unless there's real action, that's one thing that I cannot be a part of. Yeah. And so I think I invited you to Harambe House. Yeah, I, I, we, I, was, I watched ago. them. Yeah, yeah I, so, uh, they did the one in Texas and D.C. Yeah. yeah, and so that one is based off the Freedom Schools. And so young people, they want to do something. When you look at the Civil Rights Movement, there was not one approach to that. You had Nation of Islam doing some stuff. Yep. You had SCLC doing some stuff. You had SNCC doing stuff. You had the, the Panthers SNCC, doing stuff. Yeah. You had all these different approaches to it. And so even today, we it shouldn't be just one group determining what happens to us or determining the I don't the like agenda. that at all. Exactly. And so we got to create our own tables. And we got to teach our young people to create them too because they are experts on their own lives. And who can tell them anything? And different? people make decisions about them every day and don't even ask them. And we, don't even know them. Exactly. And so it's time for us to really like, we, we got to hold people accountable. We got to create our own tables and hold them accountable because if you're going to include you voice, have them at the table. And I'm not talking about the top youth that are straight A students that are going to go off to these Ivy League yeah, schools. Yeah. I'm talking about those kids who have been traumatized since birth but still have potential and you can see it when and you, you give them opportunities. It, yeah. But they got anger issues or they got, it's all exactly. trauma. It's all they're trauma. being triggered, exactly. Yeah. And they are being triggered. Mm -hmm. They are being triggered. You know, Facebook, you sit there and everybody doing Black Lives Matter and da da da, da. and I'm, I, the thing that irks me about it, and, and I understand that y'all want to do something, so just rally behind it. But who are you? Who are you talking to when you say Black Lives Matter? You're not talking to black people. You can't be, because we already know that. So it's just I, I just don't think that, like you said, get your own table. I don't mm -hmm. need. It's like no, y'all, and then they have it. I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's it's I, I don't. I'm not going. That's mm -hmm. not my that's not my point. And my point is, why can't me, my brother and my uncles and cousins and stuff put something together, then then enough the Griffin family come together, then the Best family come together, mm -hmm. then the Chamber family come together. We all on one accord mm -hmm. to the you know, we all on the same bus, but we doing different things to get that thing. I don't need I don't need mommy and daddy from government, basically, mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. to intervene and say, Okay, well, you can call this Black Lives Matter Avenue. Mm. I don't give. I don't. What did that help? That didn't help nothing. It didn't empower nothing. So and you still don't own that street, even though it's called Black Lives Matter Avenue. So yeah, that I understand and I believe what you're saying. So if it's a woman's group, do men help? So men can be involved because the thing is, men sometimes you have a black lady as your boss. Yeah. And the dynamics, especially if I have an older black man as an employee. I have to skate around this idea of respecting our elders. Yeah. And even when sometimes they may be wrong, it's like it's a thin line between, you know, um, correcting an employee and, re and respecting your elders, especially when you're in a community-based organization. Yeah, so you have to be. Yeah, yeah. and so we do encourage, um, I encourage uh, men to get involved. They haven't, we've been recording Black Women's Voices because that's the purpose of that. Of, of her, but that's the purpose, yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah. definitely men should be involved. Oh, okay. I just, you know, I it was at work, I ain't gonna say where I work, but at work, there's a, a, a ladies group, and I was like, 
can I show up to volunteer there? I didn't I didn't know if it was, you know, because some women do have trauma, and, and most dudes, 70% are assholes. I mean, you know, just, just in general. So I didn't want to show them. Yeah, well, That's yeah. that trap trauma, man. Right? Yeah, all of it. That's trauma. It is mm-hmm. trauma. And it's... Yeah, so I didn't want to show up somewhere where maybe I'd trigger somebody or... Because mm-hmm. you, you see me. I mean, I know I... You know, so you know I'm not, but people don't. They think exactly. I'm something opposite. Exactly. So I just didn't want to show up somewhere and do that. So, yeah, anything about that, let me know. And in and, and six months, what, what do you hope to achieve in that six months? Well, there is a... We'll be partnering with Alliance for Girls mm-hmm. to actually train um, people uh, people in their network. So people that work in nonprofits that work with either work in... African American um, organizations, mm. or that serve predominantly African American um, students, those are who we're going to be training okay. over the next six months. So there'll be some breakout groups around wow. affinity groups. So there'll be one specifically for when in the breakout for white women. There'll be one for people of color, women of color, and then one for black African American women. So three different groups uh, where they can share and talk and share experiences. But the first part is really observing a conversation between two black women who have been in positions of leadership or may still be in those positions and them talking about their experiences. And so it's just an observed conversation. That's cool. There's no questions. That's cool. But then in affinity groups, if you had questions, that's where you can start to ask those questions. And really get into your specific, I got you, I got you, I got you. Well, if y'all need help with that, we got the cameras and everything. If y'all want to, we can get anywhere. We can get anywhere y'all need us to be. Definitely, Uh, I'll reach out. uh, Podcasting or uh, even video uh, vlogs and stuff. We can do all of that. Um, so uh, we met. We met at uh, Camp Mendocino. Yes. Uh, uh, damn. Thirty years ago. Yes. Yeah. God. <laughs> I keep I keep saying thirty years, and I was joking, but now it's real. Like mm-hmm. now it's really stuff coming up where you're thirty years old. Yeah. So uh, and uh, th- that opened my eyes to a lot of you know real world stuff even San Francisco people you from the Mo right mm-hmm. yeah so it's like we didn't even I never dealt I was from Richmond I never mm-hmm. dealt with anybody from y'all talk different y'all move different but we all was the same mm-hmm. and I noticed that even East Palo Alto all the way to all of the the, the Vallejo dudes and but uh, how, how did you so would you think that experience is a what if that experience was an experience where it was like the, the women's group could you do, was that a good experience, or could it have been better as far as, you know? So I have two answers. The oh. first answer was an awesome experience because you know what that was for me? That was therapy every summer. We were, it was getting us out of these concrete jungles, oh, yeah, yeah. taking us into nature for two and a half months where you're not realizing just getting out of that toxicity of the yeah. city. Took the edge off for real. Already, right? But we all up there, we all coming from, the majority of those campers, especially from those, the black and browns, were coming from homes where they needed that escape, yeah, right? Yeah. They were coming from um, home environments where they were surrounded by trauma. And so this offered a little bit of escape from that. Now, when we got up there, we was all young trying to figure out who we were. So, mm. of course, we all got on all this armor, trying to be tough. Yeah. I know I was always trying to be tough because I didn't want nobody to play me. Yeah, But yeah. when I look at the opportunity just to get exposed to all fishing and all those different things that you didn't have here. Don't. I mean, my family went fishing and stuff, so we had that, but not on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah. And so for me, it's like 
learning how to shoot at rifle range mm. at an early age. I remember you because I was, like, I was at archery, so yeah. I remember you yeah. you going down there and like, yeah, I'm going to go shoot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it gave me access and opportunity and exposure to things that I wouldn't have had in the city. Yeah. Now, on the flip side of that, the politics part. It was a lot of politics. And when you look at the staff and when you look at certain things, you look at certain awards and things that they did, it was based on one, kind of like school, the meritocracy. If you can sit down and follow directions and do what we say, you win. then you can, you're a gold, you get a gold C, right? If not, then you just over here and we paying you, okay, go home, see you next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, I... I, I just didn't know how to be this phony person. And so I'm always going to show up who I am. If you trigger me, I'm going to say whatever I'm going to say at that at that point in my stage in my life. And I was like, I don't need a gold C. I got a black C. You mm. can't take that from me. <laughs> so me and Safalo, that was our little yeah, joke. Yeah, I remember. But then you look at our siblings who both had gold Cs. And it's like, well, why did they get them and why we didn't get them? Because him and I both, we worked hard as heck. And so it was like likability. And... When you look at the outer and the way we showed up, I didn't fit. I didn't fit the mold. Nope. And so I think about my last year at camp when I finally decided to be done with working there. Um, first session, I had like forty campers, and another tribe had like maybe fifteen. The dude in that tribe got cabin head, like cabin leader of the session, and I didn't. The next session, I had twenty-two, and I really didn't even go hard, and they gave it to me. So I'm like, so you felt bad because you should have gave it to me first session, but because that person was more popular, they then you gave it, it off. Yeah. Exactly. So I think it taught me about politics in the work environment, and because I'm black, I I know I got to do a little bit extra. And so when I went into working in you know schools, it was like I had already had experience. That. Yeah, with all of that. So you start learning how to play the game and navigate those spaces. Which sometimes then you show up as an imposter because, okay, I got to keep this job so I can't say this and I can't do that. And I can't challenge when I'm feeling microaggressions being thrown at me and all this other stuff happening around me, right? Yeah, because there is a lot of that going in there because I didn't get a go see. No, nah, I never got a go see. I got a red, oh, red. And then they just, you know, it was stuff going on. And then I, I we would, we, we were. We were the opposite. Like, we were, like, everything I was doing, I was like, yeah, I don't want to say names. Because I don't know if they even see it, but it's some people that was the same as us, but mm -hmm. they were mm -hmm. they were showing up fake. And and, mm -hmm. and then I'd be like, cuz, what are you doing? Or, and I didn't go up, you know, mm -hmm. Ken Graff. I think I said maybe 10 words to him yeah. over five, four or five years. Because mm -hmm. something about him threw me off. Mm -hmm. Something about him threw me off. I like Larry. Jose, I didn't know what he was doing most of the time, but I, I, I you know, I shook his hand and tried to keep his face off my face. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I didn't even think of it as a learning experience until you just said it. I was like, is that how you can? Because it does. It, it, and you can see these fake people who say, ah, oh, yeah, fuck this, fuck that, and then. You walk out to the mm -hmm. flagpole and they sitting up there all in a circle. Like, what, what are y'all doing? I said, oh, cause mm -hmm. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So, but it did take me out of the hood. It, it took me it's summer. Summer in Richmond, well, summer in all most ghetto places, mm -hmm. murder go up. Mm -hmm. So I, I had to get up out of there. But none of my family liked it, so we didn't we didn't get to go. Plus, it was it was nice to get away. Mm -hmm. It was nice to get away. Um, 
Yeah. I was just curious how you felt about it. Because I remember it was, and it felt, you know, I worked, because di- we worked different. Because you were, y'all was all in the kitchen. So I felt like I was, I felt like an outsider there. Because y'all all was in the kitchen, but we were, we were the most alike. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't. So I came in there when I could, but it felt like I wasn't supposed to be there because I had to go take care of kids and stuff. But uh, it, it was, it was. I enjoyed, I did enjoy it because I kept mm-hmm. going. But man, it's a microcosm. It's the same yeah. as the world, man. Yeah. But I don't. How do you? Can you justify being fake? I mean, I don't think you can. I just, I mean, and I don't live my life in that manner. Even when I, even in the workspace where I feel like I, I call myself, I was showing up as an imposter. I mean, it, I mean, I had to pay my bills, so I have to keep a job. But I'm not finna kiss, you know, no, and do all that no. extra stuff. Like I'm doing what the job entails. I'm not gonna go over. I'm not trying to. And my, I'm not in there trying to climb because I realize that this, this whole game, this game of life, this ladder, this is all an illusion. Yeah. And we chasing it, and we never really get there. Yeah, people acquire, they get a few things, right? And they seem like they're doing well. But when you really talk to them, they be empty. Yeah, and un- very unhappy. It's like I don't. I thought that the kids, the dog, and this this corporate job would bring me all of this. I'm like, cause you don't even have to play this game. Right. I said, if you can make a different kind of income, this is how I challenge people. What's your perfect day? And then they'll go into all of these things, and I was like, "Cause it's people that, it's people that wake up, eat strange foods from another country, talk about it, and make money. Exactly. And travel all over the world. I, I, you you playing a game that you was taught, like you said, you 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 being broken in kindergarten. Follow these rules. Mm-hmm. Cause in what part of life, or that doesn't sound like jail, would you work for forty years? Retire for 10 and then die. That's not right. That's why the podcast and all of this stuff, and going back to camp, I didn't talk a lot. I didn't talk much. I wasn't a talker because I didn't know who, who you could trust. Nah, I don't even think it's a Richmond thing. I think it was just a, a ghetto thing or, I don't know, a poverty thing. I don't know. But that's what this it is. Be co- maybe it's cultural because that's I think we tend to, to as African-Americans, many of them that I encounter. I think the first thing is we trying to see if your words match your actions. Mm. And so a lot of times within the first five minutes, somebody will tell them they, they pretty much give it away. And okay, they will. I can't trust you. Can't trust you. You know, I ain't yeah. got to tell them that, but I'm watching you. I got my eye on you, right? Yeah. And so I think it's, I think, I mean, I was like that to an extent, but a lot of, I had a lot of cousins and stuff up there. So I just lumped up with them. Yeah, yeah, I never yeah. lumped up with anybody new. I mean, I was cool with people, but I never, ever... You know, I you just couldn't trust them. I, I mean, can. I mean, I didn't know if you could trust them, and it's it's better just not to risk it. Because when the politics showed up, it showed why you couldn't oh, trust yeah. them. I, I knew that because them fuckers was snitching on each other, uh-huh. each other. I was like, "Cuz y'all all drink." Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of stuff going on in there, and I just and I kept quiet because it wasn't my business. Right. And that's just what how we are. Some people It's just that's not my business. Oh, did you see? I didn't see nothing. I was, mm-hmm. I didn't see nothing. Don't, but yeah. I never got in trouble up there. I never got in trouble. I remember the night when I got my green seat. Uh, I don't even know who it was. It might have been that photographer, Michael. They was going to take me back uh-huh. because they said, you were throwing rocks. I said, well, you're fucking lie because I know I wasn't, I don't throw rocks. It's, there's no way I did. No, they said, you, 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 know, you come up here and you come in. I started laughing. I was like, 
you're, you're lying to me. And and they took me. He's like, he came, pull, pull, pull me to the side at the little little marshmallow roast. He said, we was about to take you back. I was like, well, I knew I didn't do it. I said, I was just telling you, I knew I didn't do it. He's like, yeah, that's that's the only reason we didn't, because you really didn't do it. And we confronted, you know, that little mm-hmm. line. And I wasn't scared. They was beating bushes. I was like, cuz. Right. Gunshots? No gunshots? I'm good. I'm good. No tigers? I'm good. I don't give a shit about life. But yeah, mm-hmm. you learn. So. Well, they gave me mine only because I was LaVette's little sister. I got a green C. I remember you getting I a green C. I didn't deserve it, though. And I know I didn't deserve it. So when I got it, I did not respect it, and I didn't care for it. Because I, I don't want to say names, but somebody they gave it to me because they were a gold C and my sister was a gold C. And it's funny because her boyfriend at the time was like, the next day, you got to go see. I just seen you cussing at the basketball court. Oh, so we can't cuss? No, you can cuss, <laughs> but you know, he know that I was, you know, I used to be acting up sometimes. So it was just like looking at, there go to politics again. Yeah. He gave it to me just because I'm her little sister. And so I never, ever respected any of any of the C stuff. Yeah, I stopped respecting it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, it, it's good to be good, but I'm, it's good to be your nature, and that was my nature. So exactly. I just did what I did, and it wasn't pretty. But sometimes <laughs> it was shit. It was yeah. beautiful sometimes. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess what I, I was getting alluding to was if there was a camp where it was just all black counselors, and it was just a, a, a heavy, heavy uh, concentration of like Benjamin and and. Uh, you said Benjamin Mace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like where you learn everything mm-hmm. for like 10 days or something. Do, is, do they have that? Or is there a place that can be done? Is that something you would be? I mean, I would love to be on a committee that designs that. I'm not sure if it exists, but, you know, it's, pro- it's probably something out there close to it. I yeah. know programs. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with African-American Male Achievement out of Oakland. No. Um, the district has kind of basically took them up in Oakland, but they empower African American males, and they start with Comet. They teach all that, Af- you know, really? all of our history, and then they come up through modern day with it. And they've been seeing a lot of change in behaviors as and in achievement among African American males in Oakland because of this program. And so wow. they're trying to expand to more schools to serve more um, young men. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep it in mind because what we were going so Raven is shooting a movie. It's called ABCs of Life. So what we were gonna do was he wanted to have an empowerment speech in there where older guys talk to the younger dude, uh, dudes and then I said, well, we can just do it for real and then just tape it mm-hmm. and well, video t- I say tape because I'm old, but um, we just tape it. So I was thinking it was gonna be called for boys only. But I also want to do it for girls only. And if you're mm-hmm. interested, if you don't mind speaking at that one, because we can set that all up for the summer. And we was going to do a, a the, the water fight. No mm-hmm. guns. No guns. Just balloons. Yes, uh, but, uh, yeah, I wanted to, I'll talk to you about that. Because I don't know how to, I, don't, I really do not know how to uh, address women. Like, if I talk to you like I talk to a dude, they're like, are you being disrespectful? But if I try to talk to you like I'm like I treat you like a woman then they go, oh yeah that's disrespectful so it's like I don't even know sometimes I just be like what's up how yeah. you going what's going on right. I don't know how to do it so I mean I couldn't tell you that when I teach his own to me I either way would work yeah cause I can you know 
you you have to adapt to your environment and who you're talking to. And sometimes it may be that you just need to be. I, I like stuff straight with no chasing. Yeah, and that's no why I like to do it. But you know, you, you also don't want to hurt people's feelings because they Absolutely. feel like, well, I'm a lady. You should treat me like a queen. I'm like, cause we in the dirt. Let's let's get we getting mm-hmm. dirty right now. Let's. But I just don't want to disrespect anybody because people are so sensitive now. Yeah, I think it's just about reading them when being able to read them. That's how I usually, you know, know how to deal with females or males. Because yeah. the same thing coming from a female, sometimes they feel like just with me giving it to them straight with no chaser is too rough. Too aggressive. And it's like, they'll go into tears. I have had women go into tears mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, I got to sugarcoat things with you. So knowing how to address each person that you interact with, I mean, it's basically reading their body cues, reading their body language and what they're saying. Because they tell you. <laughs> They tell you as soon as they walk up. How to <laughs> treat me, please treat yes. me this way, or don't treat me this way. Yeah, yeah I, I know. You know that that's that's crazy that we people know that and they preachers, pimps, and and, and um, politicians they can read people mm-hmm. very well. And and I know I don't think police. I think police just feel like they're authority, so they just do what they want to do. But it's people that can read people. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I feel like I'm taking advantage because you didn't tell me something and you don't even know you told me. Mm-hmm. And but. I guess you gotta use your gifts to mm-hmm. to to get what you gotta get out of life, or to get out what you want out of that person. Because right. if, if they have a gift and they don't know it, what you gonna do? You gotta and, you gotta pull it up on them. And it's it's a it's a purpose for your interaction with them in that moment. And so if you don't, you know, if you don't, then you might leave without what you was without getting what you were supposed to get. Yeah. Damn, that's powerful. And right I there. think part of it, I think a lot of times. That this idea of multitasking, all this stuff we learn from in that rat race has messed us up because we go into a situation and I'm listening to you, but I'm not here. I'm thinking about what I got to do next, and then I got all this stuff. Oh, what you about to say back? Right. Yeah. That and where now it's like I let I'm I'm in this. The last nine months has helped me to slow down and just listen and be in the moment, be present and engaged in the moment because then I can give you. Then it might be some stuff I have in me. But if I'm got all this stuff swirling around, it ain't gonna come up it's because not. my brain ain't clear, right? It ain't focused on exactly. the, the the sun at hand, the, exactly. the focus at hand. So, how did you do that? <laughs> well, I resigned from the nonprofit I was running at the end of September. Yeah. Um, part of that was health reasons, and so I took the time to go. I'm on disability, but oh, all right. Um, that came from the stress of running a nonprofit in the city where local politics get to tell you what to do with your nonprofit. Mm. And so when I took the position, I was all gung-ho, like, okay, I can really put my leadership skills into place. But then when I start realizing that, okay, this one is giving you money, but you got to do this, and this one is giving money to the organization, but you got to do that. And you got to cater to all these people's needs. And so it stops becoming about the impact and the the kids, because you got to grieve, you got to kiss, you know, because Beast. they need, okay, yeah. I, now you can pay three more staff, so now you need to do this. And I'm like, well, what is the impact? Are we changing people's lives? And when I get to the point that I feel like I'm no longer effective, that's when I need to walk away, yeah. and that's what happened. But I think over the last nine months, I've quieted down everything. I wake up in the morning now, and it's just like, okay. What's, what's my purpose for today? Like, I'm focused on oh, today. Wow. I'm not focused on the rest of the week. What is my purpose for today? And at the end of the day, before I lay down, it's like, did I achieve what I set out to do? Mm. And if I say no, then I know tomorrow I got to work a little harder. If I say yes, then next, tomorrow's going to be a new purpose. A new day, for me. a new purpose. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I, I was at that uh, thing that y'all 
the book, no, backpack giveaway. Yeah. And the mayor showed up and everybody just, they had to clear out and move, they moved kids out the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what? what's this? How you, you just, no, no, she's gonna do this, she's gonna do that. She's, and, and I could see the irritation on your face when I went in there. Cause we was, we was about to talk then, but it was like, it was too many ears around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what this is, but it seemed like when two people are really talking, people will walk up to see, like, no, they're, they're, they're this too much. And, and it was people, people that was there, but they was walking, like, try, trying to see, and I had to keep, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know I don't want to say, you know, say too much. They don't want us talking and collaborating. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I used to think that was an a innate thing in them, mm-hmm. because I remember I worked at a different place, a Biorad, and all of the black people in that company, we was all at one loading dock one day, and people actually stopped and looked. Well, white people. They, mm-hmm. they actually stopped and was like, like frowned. And I, I don't know if that's a thing where they see, I don't know. I always assume that it's danger, that they think they're, uh, they're seeing a, a, a call to action or something, but I probably should read more books. Cause I was just watching some something about some uh, serial killer in the twenties and all of the stuff that they were talking about was stuff that's going on right now. Like they, they were, they, they did prohibition. They got rid of the alcohol because the Germans, the in, the immigrants, the immigrants, the Germans, the Irish, they, they were the drinkers. So the pure people thought, let's get rid of this alcohol. No plan behind it. And I was like, this country, <laughs> this country here, I need to start reading. So I read, I started reading the public, the, the, the people's, uh, History of America or something? It's mm-hmm. it's about this big, mm-hmm. but it was it started with some dude Francisco coming from Spain and they was just killing all of the people and sh- sharpening their knives and see how sh- I couldn't get through it. I read like four four chapters. It was I, it was I didn't even get to black people yet, or I don't even know them probably were black. I don't know how because people say that we were already here. There's an article um, one of my professors shared uh, white when white women's tears oppress black women. So we was having an issue with a professor last semester, and she's younger than most of the people in the cohort. And so she's coming in with this expertise. She got her doctorate, you know, yada, yada, yada. And she knows, she could teach you the mechanics. She could teach you academics. Yeah. But when we got to these pieces on culture, like testimonials and counter storytelling and some of that, it was like, I just learned this stuff. And it was just like, so why wouldn't you invite somebody to come in that's an expert? Why do you feel the need to have to control it yeah. as the teacher? And I said, and wait, most oh, you of, asked that straight out? Well, in a, the group of us did. Yeah, yeah. And so we were able to call in the heads of the department and have a meeting because there were some other issues going on. Oh, okay. With this dynamic between this, this is the largest group of black women they've ever had in the cohort, and it's might be five of us and one Latino woman that's kind of in in our little group, and she. My thing was, they had issues with her, which I'm like, okay, I know teachers are going to be tough because I'm working on my doctorate. I yeah, can't expect yeah. nothing less. But her lying, she would say one thing and then say something else and then come back. And, and I'm like, see, I pay attention to everything people say. And so I caught her, and then she tried to backpedal. So when the, we had a session on Zoom with her and the, and the um, head of the departments, and the head of the department, she said one thing and then two minutes later said something else. 
And it was like, but you just said, I was like, see, that's what I'm talking about, the lion, right? And three times in our class, she cried. So it's like every time she cried, people kind of pulled back a little bit. They didn't want to say how she was making them feel because she started crying. So it was like oppressing us in a way. It is. It didn't really give us. It's a way of control. It's truth, exactly. It's a way of control. But the crazy part, we have one black male in the um, cohort. You know what he said? He didn't really know all that was going on. So he said, when I saw her crying, he said, I was finna pack up my stuff. And I was like, why? He said, because if somebody would have came in, they was going to look at me first. First. think I did it. I know that's right. And I was like, and it had, he hadn't, he didn't even say anything about what was going on. And so when I heard that, it was just like, man, it's time for it. We, we got to stop. Like, okay, if you cry, here, go, here goes a Kleenex. Wipe your tears. Let's keep talking. Keep like, talking. It, Patch it on the back. Be, keep going. We got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And had these conversations, and we can't let up. And right now it's the prime time. And every every like I said earlier, like it's gonna be different approaches. The kids might be doing rap battles about it, right? Yeah. But then adults might be staging protests or whatever it is. No approach is wrong right now. Yeah. Anything because we've relied on people in Congress, our leaders, to do this stuff since the civil rights. That's 60 yeah. years ago. Nothing changed. So why are we still talking about policy change and all and voting is going to change? We've been voting. I be, I'm not going to stop voting, but my point is that's not going to change nothing. No. We got dis, to dismantle the whole thing. That's scary talk. It is, but you know what? We comfortable with what, what used to be because we know it, but why we can't get comfortable with what could be or what's getting ready to be? Could it be, be better for us? Because we in the in-between right now. Man. We are no longer... We, we think because the world still resembles what it looked like prior to COVID, but we in a transition period. And if you don't take this opportunity to kind of like unlearn all those things that they indoctrinated us with, then you're going to be left behind too. You're going to be part of the problem. Exactly. Yeah. Why aren't our kids learning coding? Technological uh. age. They, they come into kindergarten knowing how to work an iPad and a phone better than we do. So you can't tell me they can't learn coding. Yeah, they, can learn. they should know coding like they learn English because that's the that's that's the future, right? That is there. the future. That's the only future. Math and that is the future. So and the digital divide needs to be addressed. We ain't talking about I ain't heard I haven't heard one black speaker talk about the digital divide. Only when they was giving out laptops. But then they asked for them back. Like why are you asking for them back? If y'all going on, if your school's gonna be online again next year, they can keep them. And it, it will be. This is gonna re-sweep up. Exactly. Huh. So I think it's just, it's, you know, Farrakhan said something, and it was funny the way he said it. He was like, if, whatever, if they don't do something, he said, we're going to burn this country down. Well, we saw a little glimpse of that when they had that looting and them riots, right? Mm. But if they, if if we don't see some real change out of this, these young people that's out here now, they are going to do that. They are going to do it. I just don't want them to do it without any uh, focus. Yeah. But that's where, that's why we got to have intergenerational connections. Yeah. That's, and the that's problem true. is, that's true. the people in power, you can't come to the table unless they invite you. And then when they invite you, here's your script. Stick to it. <sighs> like, who does, that, who does that really benefit? Nobody. Exactly. Because they think exactly to keep them in them positions of power, to keep control of the masses. Yeah. Nah, we gotta educate and equip the people. That's that's what it's really about. And if we don't, go ahead. So, cause what? Cause okay, I talk. So I, I talk to rave sometimes, and I talk to people, and then people tired of hearing me say it. But I said, I said, cause when I'm doing what I'm really supposed to be doing, I'm gonna get shot in the face, or they're gonna attempt to. The power that these people have, I, I don't see how a person can stay in Congress for forty years. 
What 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 is your you out of touch on so many levels, and so I don't understand that anyway. But if I find a way, or if we collectively find a way to dismantle this, or we you know California's its own thing, or however it happens, they gonna try to quiet people. And I and I understand that some people got, I don't have any kids. Some people got stuff to lose. I have stuff, I have family, but I because I do it. I'll do it. Yeah, my motto is if I die, let me die. I mean, in this fight for social justice, yeah. because I, I I cannot see my nieces and nephews and my godson and them growing up in this and world. And we continue and having to do this. This is insane. Yeah. Why aren't the schools treating kids for ACEs? Adverse childhood, everybody's coming in with them. But we never even take that into account. I cannot sit in a class and learn from you if I'm in my mind thinking about where am I going to stay tonight, is there going to be food, or I'm staying up to 3, 4 in the morning because everybody in the house getting high. Like, mm-hmm. let's just be honest. This is what's happening. And unless we address that, then they ain't going to continue to fail. Like, you do got some kids that's able to be resilient and make it. I did. We, a lot of us yeah, did. Yeah. But when think about it. When we left high school, they didn't prepare me for college. I was not Shit, prepared no. to write I even a paper for life. in college. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so my point was, so you did all that so that I could learn to be obedient? That's all it could have been. Because I wasn't going to get no um, two kids and a dog and a white picket fence. Let's uh, put plans. Not on what y'all gave me. Not no. with the twos y'all gave exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to use my hustling skills that I learned from surviving, right, to use that to be like, okay, now I, I got to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that to make it To me. make it work. And that's how we've always... That's what we've done in this country. They all done it. They they done it. The, the, everybody, the founders done it. Exactly. So, but when we do it, it's a it's a it's a crime. It's a crime. And it's a 20, 30 year crime. But we taught. But we were taught this. And you celebrated when other people it's finna be right. Fourth of July. They celebrated and they right. shooting off fireworks. They celebrate their freedom, but they had an issue with us celebrating ours um, last week. You know what oh, I mean? On Juneteenth. Yeah, like come on. And even then, like we really wasn't freed. And no. even, let's talk about Lincoln. He didn't believe in that principle. He used that as a tactic. Yeah, I put that on Facebook. Exactly. That's all it was. So that's why I think you might have seen my post the other day when I was like, you speak with your lips, but your heart yeah, is right. Yeah. People do a lot of lip service and pay a lot of lip service to stuff, but their heart is not really there. And then the next day they moved on to something else. And they moving and on still already. still sitting in this systemic oppression every day, waking up, trying to figure out how to get out of it. That's why I don't understand why people want to hold hands with other people. It's like, because they can... They can say, they can do all this struggle with you, turn their back and go back to their life and be good yeah. for the rest of their life while we still in it. And then talk about that experience for the rest of their life. I marched with, I, I got some old, Biden. I marched with King. Biden saying it. I'm like, yeah, but look what you're doing today, though. What does that have to do with today? And just because you marched to King don't mean that you was like a real ally. No, that means you wanted to be seen with King. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to have to uh, decide on that I'm not going to be a popular person because I, when I say stuff, people think I'm being anti-anti, but it, I'm not saying it. Think of why I'm saying what I'm saying. That's, if, if everybody could just empathize for a second and say, well, why would he say, we all trying to celebrate and be together. Why Juneteenth can't be a good day? All right, well, let me tell you why. Because <laughs> the dude that emancipated you, emancipated you, he wanted to cripple the South because they had free labor. He wanted to cripple the Confederacy. That Confederacy money is not worth anything. It may be worth something now because it's so old, but it wasn't worth anything. They got rid of that. And I don't even know. I don't even know if it was slaves in the North that weren't, that weren't even freed. 
we celebrating things for the sake of celebration. And then people say, oh, well, if they give you a day off for Trump's birthday, you're going to take it. I mean, I can't go to work if it's if it's no work to be going to. So I'm not going to celebrate it. People that are ready for the struggle, but we have people that are really what? against it. Well, just like the, I had a lot of, after the loop, a lot of black people reaching out to me and it's, that was such a disgrace. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, when people get triggered, you know, any, sometimes certain behaviors will come up. Yeah. That was a response to a hundred plus 60 something years worth of oppression yeah. on people. And if you look at the Civil War, Grant, I mean, um, William Tecumseh Sherman, General Sherman, he burned Atlanta down. So them setting that shit on fire, why is that, excuse my language, why why is that upsetting you when they've been doing that? The Boston Tea Party, they was throwing tea, they was looting and throwing tea in the water. So let's talk about that. That's a celebration, they celebrate. And this is all stuff that we've been indoctrinated with since we've been kids, so you gonna tell me we're not supposed to respond like that? But it's okay for y'all to do the British crown like that, but we can't do y'all like that. And y'all was British. They were British. Exactly. These were British people. But it seems like when certain people do things, they're heroes. Oh, when they was protesting COVID and trying to get back to work. Yeah. 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 So nobody got killed. No. And then they didn't didn't make them leave. It wasn't all that force. But because it's about black people, we look at the force that came out. And I, that's the other thing. I, I already bought. I bought two rifles and I got two little guns. Cause I and I need I need my nephews to get and my brothers to get you know straighter so that we can you know when it's time. They they talking about these killers, but these dudes is the one pulling triggers. You change their minds, they'll change their aim. Mm-hmm. And th- those are the dudes that will do it. So mm-hmm. I I don't nobody should die. I don't want anybody to die, but I don't want to die either. Right. Not by the hands of some other people. So what do you feel about police? Do you think if all these police in effigy are uh, quitting, do you think we should have a group of black dudes is becoming or and women to become police, or do you think power corrupts? Power definitely corrupts, um, but I don't. I know that we can't have anarchy either. Yeah. But the presence, I don't fool with the police. I don't. I don't. I, never I don't break the law, but I don't fool with the police. I don't trust them, and I've had too many experiences in my own family where people have they have called for something else and it turned against them. I've had a family member killed by the Haver police. Damn. Um, nobody ever did anything. Nothing was ever done with that. Um, and actually several friends too. And so for me, I just, um, you know, I keep my distance. Yeah, I don't. Um, But I know, but I do understand like without it, it's anarchy. Yeah. And I don't want that either. But this current state of policing that has always been, it's time to do away with it because it does not work. Um, Look at, they trying to get rid of the resource officers from the schools, which makes a lot of sense. But now teachers are complaining that, are you going to pay us more? Because now we're going to have to play that role. And I'm like, why are you even coming with that mindset, number yeah, one? A, yeah. So we, and that's why I'm saying, if we don't think about how to incorporate, really create trauma-informed systems in school that can help kids acknowledge and address and heal and manage it, then we are going to continue to need police officers. Yeah. Because they know te- teachers can't control nobody. And they shouldn't. Figure. They shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's asking them to do a lot. Yeah. But uh, how do you treat? How do you get? How do you help young people even begin to understand that what they've lived through is trauma? Because you think it's normal. I thought the way I grew up was normal. I was I like, I had a good life. Yeah. But then as I start studying and looking, man, I was surrounded in trauma my whole life, and so it, it was Damn. normal because you normalize that situation. 
right? But as a young person growing up, trying to even figure out who you are, going through the chain, you know, puberty and all those yeah. things, and you, then you have all this happening, and you got to follow these rules, all these different things. Like, we really need to restructure a lot of our society, and this is the time to do it. And police is, we need to start with that. That's that's at the top of the agenda. Yeah. That, that is a... Um... But we need people who know, like, we need the experts at the table and not all that, not just experts because they got doctors behind their name, but people that been on the ground in mm. community. So I'm talking about Panthers and some of them too. Elaine Brown and them, they still doing work. So like really bringing some of them to the table and community voices of the people who are in there now. Because that's who can change community. Not nobody in no seat of power downtown in City Hall. Nah, nah. I love London. We grew up with her in the city. Um, my, that was Her and LeVette was best friends growing up. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. So... She went to camp? Nah. Oh. If she did, I don't remember. I don't think so. She really wasn't a camp person. But she, I even look at her and I appreciate her role, but London's a politician. So London can only do so much. You got to appease this group and that group and that group, so you're only going to do so much. You can only do. Yeah, they only going to let you do so much. So, like, when you look at that situation, it's like, okay, we got to figure out how we, we're our homegrown leaders. And the next generation, it's, it's been a shift because some gen, a generation did not groom a generation. Yeah. That, that 80s was couple, rough. Yeah, that, 80s and 90s yeah, was rough. And you missed a few generations, and there are people that now are, don't, are not equipped. They, are not, they don't have the, the language even to no. navigate anything. No. And so it's like, okay, we're working from a deficit, but how do we make sure that they have what they need? Because we just can't leave them behind because they don't got it, right? Yeah, but that's what people want to do. They yeah. want to say, oh, let's just start over. Like, there's a million, two million, three million people that you just can't. And some of them are stars. Some of them are real people that can really affect change. They just need some guidance. I don't know about leadership, but they need guidance. Damn, that's a lot of questions you left me with. That, uh... <laughs> I mean, but that's our table. That's that's how you start building the table. Who, who are the people that got the knowledge on this? That's who you start bringing to the table. And I feel like I'm, we in our 40s, right? Yeah. I'm, I don't have my doctorate yet, so I don't get the respect that I would get if I had it. So that's really why I'm going for it. So that Because I got the expertise. Yeah. I've been in the community 20 plus years. So you can't tell me I don't know. I, yeah. And I come from that. But because I don't have doctor, doctor behind my, in front of my name, you don't respect what I'm saying? That's why we got to build our own tables. And my thing is even beyond that, once I get it, my thing is continue to bring people who don't have that behind their name. To we, yeah, yeah. We, black people is experts on their own on their own culture and their own communities. Yeah. What can you tell me? Yeah. What can you tell me about something and you, you living in? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I appreciate even when we move out, like you got the access and opportunity to move out. But are you coming back to help? Or did you just be like, oh, I'm from there and that's it? That's it. No, I went back. And my goal is to continue. Now I'm like, how do I change the system? Because it ain't just San Francisco. It's Oakland. I live in Oakland. It's Richmond. My mom and my nephew and them here. Like, yeah. it's all these places. Antioch. Ugh. They have no services in Antioch and Pittsburgh. But all those black people from all the hoods around the Bay didn't move there. Yeah, because they're the only people to take and Section 8, what, I heard. Right, exactly. But remember, they used to didn't take it in the 90s. Yeah, they did not take it. They didn't then, want Now they want to push everybody that way to get them out of the cities. Because they want this. Exactly. Because this is prime real estate. It's all capitalism. Man, that's what I'm saying. When you say it like that and then you think about it, you're like, these motherfuckers are horrible. <laughs> these are horrible people. But, yeah. yeah. Well, 
anything you need from me, let me know. I don't know what I can do. You gotta have a plan. So I can't tell yes. you not to do this and then not give you, like you said, the tools to to do other stuff. So mm -hmm. I guess I have to, I'm building now. Mm -hmm. I'm building. So I'll build and then hopefully when the time comes, because you need resources. Yeah. You need resources. I mean, the thing is, we got we to gotta give back the tools they gave us to destroy ourselves <sighs> so we can get the tools to actually build ourselves up. Man, and, damn. And, and yeah. be independent from them. Cause it can happen. Look, you, all this, with all the history that's been coming out. I, I mean, I knew about Tulsa and Black Wall Street and all of that, but we've had that before. Harlem, we had Harlem of the West and Fillmore. All the businesses up and down Fillmore mm. Street was owned by Black people. My grandmother passed a couple weeks ago, but she owned a hamburger spot on Fillmore Street. What? She didn't put that in her. She didn't want that part of her thing. But I'm like, you was a business owner, Grandma. That's big. That's so. She didn't. She had a ninth grade education because she came out the South and she was just like, I had to work. She came out of the Great Depression. It's like you look at that stuff. But she like that. That family, family, and that was what meant something but in I her life. I think that's good though because mm -hmm. I think the way they poured. Look what she, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look what she made. You you, you out here doing what you got to do. Yeah, that's good, though. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make it family and it radiate out. Then mm -hmm. we all feel like we family. I, we have a dude on another uh, podcast, and he was like, uh, he's like, I call this guy my brother. They weren't brothers, but I call this guy my brother. When he has a baby, that's my niece. That's mm -hmm. my nephew. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. That's the only way it's going to radiate out. Absolutely. I mean, and, Doing that working community for all them years, you know, I got a thousand nieces and nephews, yeah. everybody auntie, you know. But that's 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 black culture, yeah, yeah, and that's that village approach. And we really need to get back to the village approach. I'm, I'm trying. I I mean, even just talking, I was talking to some clergy the other day, and I told them, I said, y'all keep trying to get back into them buildings, but y'all y'all chasing what they told y'all religion is. When we was in Africa. We was outside having ceremonies. We were, even in slavery, we was in the woods having ceremonies. Y'all allowed them to put us in four walls, and now y'all stay in them four walls, and y'all not trying to help community. The, community. the church was at the center of the community during the civil rights movement. Now, you hardly see any of this new generation in the church unless it's a funeral. Death culture is celebrated. That's what they associate church with, death culture. Yeah. We got to get out of that. And it's about take, getting in the streets. We can't be closed up in these four walls with all these pretty windows and shit that don't mean nothing. And dressing up. Exactly. You got you to dress the people that you want to. Meet the people where they are. Yeah. You can't be better than people. And we all been in them, play, been in them spaces before. And so I think it's, man, I'm trying to hit the masses. The only way to hit the masses is to speak their language. And to come with something real that's truthful, because if you're still spinning that same BS that we've been, they've been yeah, spinning to they us gonna forever. Read it. Yep. But we ain't gonna get nowhere. We're gonna be doing the same thing. We're gonna go back to ch um, chasing trends on social media, looking for the next thing to post a selfie with with a broom challenge. Ugh. Like we gotta, we 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 sharpening that. We yeah. can't say yes. queens and kings and still chasing that. Yeah. Living my best life. How you living your best <laughs> life when half of us, most of us, is just in. Shackled, really? Yeah, yeah. In the mind. Digitally shackled. Exactly. Uh, cause yeah, digitally. Cause these phones, snitches, snitches. Mm -hmm. You put on this phone, I'm finna go protest. You don't think there's a, a a truck somewhere that's gathering all that information, everything you text? Now you on the list. Then yeah. you can't fly. Why I can't fly? Cause you was at this protest, or you was doing this, or you put on this. So these phones is another thing that's gonna have to. Uh, 
And I was asking this. Yeah, I think so. And you can turn it all off. Nigga, uh, a calculator asked to, to know where I was. A calculator app. I was like, why do you, why does a calculator yeah. app need to know and access to my mic? I said, I'm done. So I listen. shut everything off. Mm-hmm. Any last words that you want to, just everything you, you want to say and uh, future plans and everything. We're definitely working on some critical sense-making sessions. I want to start creating them and start bringing people in to have dialogue um, and start coming up with solutions and, and um, ideas that we can try out. Because mm. I'm about trying out. I yeah. don't want to just talk. I think about putting things into action. And so I think the time is now. Yeah. I think we cannot wait any longer. I think it's not about, oh, let's, you know, people talking, oh, let's connect in July and all. Nah, the time is now. You ain't talking about getting started now, then I'm probably not going to be a part of anything. But if you're willing to start talking and start to plan, I'm at any table that's about action. That's going to make changes. That's going to help change for for all of our people. Um, And one last thing, too, and I know you talked about this, but it's some babies on the border that's stuck in these cages. I didn't know they were still there. So I work with young people, and I don't care the color. But my thing is, we didn't burn down all this other stuff. Why we can't go get them? So that's where I'm at right now. I've been in solidarity with a couple of my Latino sisters, yeah. and I'm like, what we what do we need to do to go get them? Like, we need to create a plan. So, I mean, I can support them. I can't create the plan, but I'm going to support whatever they do. But I'm, I'm empowering them to get to a table and create something because we need to go get them. Is that a year? It's been over a year. And guess what? They are afterthought. So when they come up, a couple people like the pose, you know, because that was, that was last year, you know. That ain't, that's yeah. old news. But I'm like, that's what we do in this country. Stuff become old news and we forget about it. And we can't no more. We cannot. The time is now to actually put something into action. Well, that's been our episode. Heavy, heavy episode of How Do You View You with Revolutionary Rika. Uh, man, thank you. I appreciate everything you said. You you woke me up a lot. Thank you for having me. A lot, a lot. Uh, so this show is brought to you by Soleil Pickles. Uh, S-O-L-E-P-I-C-K-L-E-S dot com. Use your code DARK11. You can get $5 or $10 off your... your... Man, the, actually, they the dude gave me some pickled pineapples. It had garlic in it. It was garlic. It was hot. The shit was delicious. I, it was, I almost wanted to make a margarita out of it. So he got the okra, the cha-cha, the, he got everything you need. So, uh, yeah. This has been How Do You View You? Heavy, heavy. Uh, Peace. For some.